0: welcome to there is a method to the madness my name is rob maxwell i'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer i'm the owner of maxwell's fitness programs and i've been in business since 1994. that's 28 years today's topic is going to be about anxiety and exercise that's come up a lot this past week And uh, man, I think it's just so important, and we should understand if it's myth or fact. Before I get into that, I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They're absolutely the best at what they do. If you need to sell your house, they'll list it for you. If you need to buy a house or buy a business, they will help you find what you need. Please give them a shout at 386-451-2412. I can absolutely vouch for them I know them great people give them a shout all right so let's talk about anxiety a little bit one of the things I like to always handle on this podcast is there's a method to the madness in other words let's talk a little bit about the science that makes things true let's talk about the uh, spirit of the law versus the letter of the law you will see all kinds of little memes on Instagram and catchy little tweets and all on Twitter and, you know, maybe memes or people's opinions on Facebook and say, you know, I started exercising and my anxiety levels are so much better, or they'll have a funny meme that goes with it, and all that's great and true, but, you know, um, I think a lot of people want to know why it's true, and what the validity of it is and so that's what I like to do in these podcasts is talk about more like why it's true because then I think it'll reinforce it in you and then you'll understand it better and then you know do it if it's the reason why you exercise which look I think it's a great reason to exercise you know I think that for me personally it's it's one of the top you know I just lump in mood and anxiety per se together with that. You know, it's like I've said on this podcast countless times, it's like if I got a uh, a meeting of some sorts I have to do or um, I'm going to be speaking, you know, if, if when that happens or, you know, I've got a, a difficult conversation I need to have on the phone or FaceTime or in person or whatever, you know, I joke and say, well, I never am going to do that before I exercise because I know my mood will be definitely different, you know. Um it, so I know that about myself, you know, some people are like, well, you know, I'm not going to do this before that. With, with me it's it's exercise because it's definitely going to settle me down, slow me down, um bring me clarity. Like that's the biggest thing, you know. I can um I'll take this morning for example. Uh Thursday mornings I tend to do a uh a moderately longer, not long but like long run like my my personal schedule is I do, for running I do like a longer run on the weekend and then I tend to do 50% of that duration on Tuesday and then 75% of it on Thursday and then I build it on Saturday. That's typically what I do. Um works pretty good, you know, breaks it up. It's a nice little program. So on Thursdays, I have a 7 o'clock client, and he's typically here a little bit early, like 6.45, so I know that I have to, uh, um, you know, be done and be here. So I get up, and of course, um, I have a dog, Hazel, and she needs to be tended to first, so she needs to be fed, she needs to go out, and then she needs to be walked, so that takes a little time. So I always know, like, there's stuff I have to get done, and I also know that I just can't linger in bed for as long as I want to, you know, so I have to get up somewhere a little bit after five, um, and if I get too much later than that, I'm not going to get the running, and, and oh boy, oh boy, I would feel sorry for my seven and eight o'clockers, because you know, I'm going to be like a little crabby until I get that done, so it, um, what I'm alluding to, though, is the whole mood going into it, so it's like, oh God, you know, it's, it's humid out, it's, it's dark, and you know, I... It, I don't like running in the dark. I just never have. I don't, it's not about tripping or whatever. It's just, I don't know. I've never, never liked it. Like I like vitamin D. I like that sun. I don't like it when it's hot. I'm not saying that I'm just saying that, um, you know, I probably would prefer hot and sun versus darkness. I just don't like it. It just really affects me. So that I got that going against me when I head out the door early and, uh, You know, then I I walk Hazel, and that's a mile, and then, you know, that's taking a little time, and then I throw her little poop bag away. I give her her treat for walking and drink some heat and head out the door, but I'm not, like, overly in the best of mood at that point, you know. Maybe I'll say hello to a neighbor. Maybe it's just a good day if I don't flip them off, you know what I mean? So, um, But then I head out on the run with this, you know, irritability. And usually by a mile, I'm like, okay, good. I'm, you know, pretty warmed up. And then, But the key is when I'm done, everything is slowed down a little bit. The thing I was maybe irritated about bringing into it, I'm not so much anymore. Um, My mind is clear on all regards. You know, I'm definitely cooling down a little. I'm sweaty and all that. That's, you know, still there, of course. But as far as the mental clarity, it's absolutely there, you know so that so mental health emotional health i guess is a better way to put it is so much better when i exercise so that's just on me um and i would say it's definitely in my top one two three reasons why I exercise for sure now is there a physiological reason why anxiety is increased when we don't exercise and, and the answer is yes we have to remember that We, I don't know if we tend to forget, but when I read different things in all walks of life, you know, not just physical fitness, but everything, you know, politics and sociology and business, you know, it's almost like we people forget we are animals. We might be at the top of the food chain and all that, but we are biological animals, like That's what we are, and we tend to think, well, no, we're, you know, super robots or something that, you know, um, don't respond, act, or whatever, like animals. You know, we're different. No, we're not, you know. Uh, We have a different part of the frontal lobe, or I should say a more developed portion of the frontal lobe, which enables us to make decisions and hold memories and project into the future, which may or may not be good depending on uh you know your circumstances or how you think in other words that could be very anxiety producing for you but i don't think we don't want that either it's it's more of a you know happy medium but so so yeah we might think a little bit differently as far as we know from most species but at the same time we still are animals meaning we have different systems, you know, we have our muscular systems, we have our cardiorespiratory systems. And what I'm alluding to is we have our endocrine system. And our endocrine system is the system that releases hormones. So we have hormones, of course we have hormones. So we're going to have all of the influx of hormones in our system that say other animals are going to have. And we also have to remember that our bodies were not necessarily created for the 21st century like they were created where we were hunters and gatherers and i've said it before on many many different podcasts you know our bodies designed to keep us alive homeostasis is what it seeks so that's the way the system is built on homeostasis and survival so if we're built for more Paleolithic times, which is really what our bodies were designed for, what were created are physical bodies. I'm not alluding to the fact that I don't believe in spiritual bodies or emotional bodies. No, I, I you know, my opinion is I do believe in that. I'm just saying that our physical bodies are designed for different different times. They weren't designed for the luxuries and conveniences that we have today they just weren't we, we weren't designed to basically sit around and think nearly as much as what we do i'm not saying it's a bad thing you know sometimes we're like oh i wish we can go back it's eh. no i don't know about that i mean you know there there's a saying i heard the other day that that a poor person today and that's not derogatory that's just you know When you hear the rest of the statement, you'll get it more. But is better off than a king in the 15th century, you know. So you're like, no way. It's like, well, when you think about it, yeah. I mean, think about what they had and all that stuff. So, you know, there's just so much truth to that. So I'm not saying that we want to go backwards. And that's, you know, impossible anyway. So, um, you know, that's not even the point. But what I am saying is as far as like, the modern things that we pay for today. So there's a cost for our inactivity. So the reward is the fact we have so much more technology and things that can do things for us to help us survive. But the payment we pay out is we're paying it in our emotional health, unless we do something about it. Okay, so so again, this, there's a method to the madness. It's all about the science that gets behind all this. So again, the big key here is that we were built physically for hunting and gathering and survival and we didn't have computers and you know we didn't have all these cars we didn't have houses you know we were designed to survive that is what our lizard brain still knows to this day um you know, it's funny, I um, have a client out right now, he's working out, he's a psychiatrist and it was funny to you, you know, funny in a, well it was funny in a ha-ha way too, but um, he's an interesting guy and we have conversations and we, we like talking about stuff like this. And a couple weeks ago we were outside and uh, um, he was getting ready to do squats or something like that and um, um, I saw a car coming in so I was like running to kind of get out of the way and he just... Like not from getting hit, but I mean, I was trying not to be an asshole and I was getting out of the way of the car in the back alley, but he didn't see the car. He saw my reaction and he told me, because, you know, we have, you know, conversations he says, Ah, for a split second, you know, it was like, it was like, I thought like the police were coming or something and, and you jolted. And then my instant you know, thought was to run too. you know, even though, you know, like I said, he's a psychiatrist and, you know, I, <laughs> there's. Nothing for him to run about, but we talked about how like, and then the lizard brain doesn't know. I mean, it's, you know, in other words, that's classical conditioning when that happens. That means that that's reflexively and we don't have time to think about it, which is operant conditioning. Operant conditioning means that we have a stimulus car, to the car, and then in classical conditioning, we have the response. It's immediate. So car equals run especially when you you get startled you know it's like you can run up behind somebody and startle them and they're gonna jump they might even swing you know i mean i've you know paid that price before once you know and could i get mad i mean no i went. up yeah i like to startle people you know i don't know what what that says about me other than you know i'm an asshole i guess but um so i do and then like i caught an elbow I'm like oh damn it you know but it's like i had it coming right I mean, do they mean to elbow me? No. It's, you know, we react that way. And so oftentimes we forget we're animals. It's like we get so mad, you know. Can't believe that neighbor's dog. I put my hand out and it nipped at me. It's like, "Uh, well, you know, if I came up behind you and startled you, you're going to swing at me. So it's, you know you know get off our high and mighty you know we're we're not that different we're not different at all we we react very quickly to things because why biologically we're supposed to that's a necessary component if we get startled like that we're supposed to run because in the old days before protection and everything you didn't know what was coming to get you right there's predators and prey we used to be both now we're more predators right so anyway There's the biology behind it, but I thought that was funny because that's just a great example of how we're just not that different. All right, so what was that hormone that immediately made him want to sprint when I ran because I saw a car jumping out of the way? That's adrenaline. So we get adrenaline. Flight or fight is what um, adrenaline provokes in us. We want to flight which is run or fight, which is obviously fight. That's adrenaline. So that's given to us when we have something to do given to us, produced by the endocrine system, I should say, when we have something we have to do immediately. In other words, you know, we see a traffic light and, you know, oh, we're startled, you know, we have to slow down. Or worse, we are going through a yellow light and we see a car coming. It's, oh man, we got to get on it. And thankfully that adrenaline gets us to react quicker than we normally would have. So that's one of the things that adrenaline does. Adrenaline gets us pumped up, okay? Now, on the opposite side of that, we have the relaxation response, okay? And we have different hormones that enable us to react, uh, relax. Serotonin is one, endorphins are another. So they're ones that actually help stabilize us, all right? now if we are not moving around a lot and we have a lot of different stresses going on stress can't differentiate between stress a fellow by the name of Hans Selye is the father of the stress adaptation response taught us that trying to think i think it was somewhere in the 1940s 1950s and they came up with the adaptation stress model which basically says that like stress goes through a certain cycle all right and no matter what the stress is whether it be a good stress which is called you stress a neutral stress which is called new stress or a negative stress stress which is distress our body physiologically can't tell the difference so it's going to produce cortisol and adrenaline adrenaline for the short time cortisol for the long haul all right so the more stress we have the more cortisol we have the more anxious we get the more adrenaline we have at the time the more racy our heart rate gets the more anxious we get and then we get anxious about being anxious and that makes it even worse all right so salie told us that stress doesn't matter and too much stress is going to lead to anxiety all right So in other words, that means that you're in college and you have papers due. Okay, that's a stress. Now you work, so you have to get to work on time and you moderately care what kind of person you are in society, so you want to do a good job at work. That's another stress. You have stress of getting to work, then you have stress of doing well. Maybe you are in your early 20s, late teens, so you have a relationship. Okay, that's a good thing but it's still stress. Or maybe you don't have one. Okay, That's not a good thing in your mind. And there's more stress. All right, Then you see the gas prices going up. That's stress, especially when you're in your early 20s, late teens. Well, really for all of us, but when they're living more paycheck to paycheck and they got to commute to college, commute to school, commute to high school, that's even more stress. So we have all these stresses adding up. And um, again, some of them can be positive like relationship wise and maybe vacations are planned, but that's still stress. So all these stresses are collecting up and now your body was designed to be in action because remember, it wasn't designed for today's society. It wasn't. We now have to adapt. And we do adapt. We've adapted fine. But doesn't mean there's not a cost to that adaptation because the cost is we have stress and we have anxiety. But so we live in, in today's society. And so we're like, okay, I have all this cortisol. I have all this adrenaline, you know, and, and then let alone the other things that might happen, you know, uh, road rage, people driving near you, people almost hitting your car, you know people treating you poorly, you know, people acting like jerks in public, you know, so all these other stresses, all this stress, you have nowhere to burn it. You know, again, we think we're, you know, and I say this just to get you to understand that, you know, I'm not trying to be condescending about the human race by any means, but it's just funny how, like, how much better we think we are, and it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, for any dog owner out there knows, if their dog is cooped up because of a, a thunderstorm and it's maybe a hurricane, you know, if, if you live here in Florida and we know like for two days, you you it's hard to take your dog out because first you have the pre-storm, which is nasty, then you have the storm and the post. And, you know, so it's really tough and you're doing all you can to get them to go out to go to the bathroom, and but you can't get them on walks. We know they go stir crazy, you know, and, and they're also experiencing the stress of the weather. So you're watching your dog cooped up and it's 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 really upset. It's whining, it's it's, you know, acting out a little bit and which it should, you know. And we're like, god, if I could just take it on a walk, you know, he he she would feel so much better, you know, be able to burn off some of this energy. Well, you're no different. You know, you're no different because you have all these stresses and then most of us have a sedentary job and that includes me. I'm a personal trainer, but my job is sedentary. I'm sitting here right now doing this podcast. When I train people, sure I'm standing up, but I'm standing there. Of course, there's the the uh, showing people how to do a certain exercise. But usually, that's with people early on, or it's a new exercise, so it's not the entire workout. I mean, some people it's literally just you know setting the exercise and telling them to go. That's a sedentary job. And sure, I'm cleaning up a little afterwards and and all that stuff, but that's still sedentary. And most of us, I would say most of us, if not all of us listening to this podcast has a sedentary job. So if we're not going out of our way to exercise and to move, of course we feel more anxious. Of course we do. We have to burn off that adrenaline. We have all this adrenaline we have to burn it off and the way we burn it off you know whatever creator you believe in knew what he she was doing and if you just believe in biology fine knew what it was doing it said you know what you're going to feel better after you move because movement is what you're supposed to do you're not supposed to sit there and do this In our world, we have to. Most of our jobs now are all on computers. There's so much remote meetings and all this kind of stuff. Absolutely. But we have to move. You know, we have to move. And so if we don't have a very active job, you know, like, again, most of us don't then we're going to have to move structurally like in the form of exercise. You know, it's, it's going to have to become something you plan into your day because it's just not naturally a part of your day. And whatever that is, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, there's been all kinds of different research on what creates the greatest, quote, exercise high, which is really just... A reduction in adrenaline and a reduction in cortisol and an increase in endorphins. That's pretty much in a spike in dopamine. So that's like why we get that exercise high. So let me repeat that. A reduction in adrenaline, a reduction in cortisol, an increase in dopamine and an increase in endorphins. That's why we feel more relaxed after we exercise. Pretty much the studies show that cardiorespiratory exercise gives that the greatest increase, but strength training does as well, so a perfect combination would be both, but you know, some people need to go for their three-mile run to get it, that's great, some people go for a five-mile walk, that's great, some people do it in the pool and swim, that's great, some people just love to go to the gym and put on their AirPods and, and hit the weights hard, again, that's great, but we have to move. We have to move, all right? So there is a method to the madness. There is a reason why our anxiety levels are lowered once we exercise. Absolutely, all right? We're born to move. We're made to move. That's absolutely. So if you feel it, you know, I've recently had people say, you know, I feel so much better because I'm exercising. My anxiety levels are less. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, totally makes sense. I mean, we're we're born to move, you know? So remember that. And remember, it's raising your endorphins. It's raising your dopamine. Those are good things. And we're de- decreasing the adrenaline and we're decreasing the cortisol. So we're doing all that. Now, one final caveat on that. D- yes, it can be overdone. So people over train, just like Sally said, So it's too much stress is a bad thing. So if we over train, if we overdo it, it will actually increase the cortisol levels as well. I wish I could give you a formula on what that point is, but it's different for everybody because it just depends on their personal levels of adaptations. But the old adage I've used forever when it comes to that is: you can go long or you can go hard, but you can't do both. So, in other words, if you're gonna if you're a, a LSD person, long slow distance, and that's majority of your training meaning you, you, your aerobic pace is somewhat hard, but never really too hard. You know, that you go long, but you're, you're keeping your pace down. That's really, really critical. And For some of you maybe that don't do a lot of training, you think, well, that's common sense and easy, but it's probably the most violated in the exercise world. Like people will go on their, quote, long runs and their pace is way too fast. It's almost like race pace. So that will lead to some overtraining. So you'll have, um, it'll be, you know, uh, actually increase your anxiety potentially. And I've seen that and I've actually experienced that. Um, So so one rule of thumb is just remember, if you're going to go long, longer sessions, whatever that means to you, don't go hard. That should be at a comfortable clip. That should be way different than your 5K pace. So, for example, if you go for a longer run, it should be like, at least two minutes per mile slower than your 5k pace so it should be really comfortable or if you're going to go hard keep it short keep your intervals short don't go too long so really it's about pulling back pay attention to some some biological markers and that'll help you if your resting heart rate is actually increasing in the morning, that may be a sign of overtraining. If your blood pressure's resting blood pressure has been up a little bit, that's overtraining. If you're not sleeping as well, you might be overtrained. So you can pay attention to those biological markers, but definitely don't let that stop you because, as I said, it really, really, really lowers anxiety. So exercise is such a great way to do that. So until next time, be max fit and be max well.